Hi, I'm Big Nakuruma. And I'm Audio Nerd 64. And we are your gamer friends. Some might say that's sacrilegious. Listen, I'm just trying to survive. You and me both. Uh, so we took another break, another <laughs> unannounced break. We didn't think that we were going to take another break, but then racism happened, a lot of it, and people did some shit about it this time, which was um, wonderful. In the words of Angela Davis, this is certainly a moment. It is a moment. Uh, and we needed a moment to take a break. Uh, it was a lot. I'm still... We were, like, barely uh, feeling okay yeah. when we came back. And then murders, murders, murders. And then shit was on fire. And shit I, was on fire. I was not interested in talking about video games. Me neither. And I don't know. I just, like, felt weird to just be like, all right, let's just... You, where you game here, right? Like, I don't think anyone wanted or needed that. Like, we don't... We, we should... You know, we should have just put a little... We should blacked out our little podcast and picture in Twitter and called it a day. Mm. <laughs> um, hopefully you did more than that when when the day came. <laughs> There's plenty of sideline work that can be done. And by sideline work, I mean supportive roles that you can play. Yes. You don't have to be marching or leading the march in order to participate. I mean, especially now. There is also a pandemic going on. Exactly. So... So because that hasn't gone away, but also the fight for defunding and abolishing the police has just begun in earnest now that it is more popular than just people who read books. <laughs> <laughs> love to see it. We do love to see it. Again, not, not bitter, thrilled about this moment. Floored. In, in some ways. Dismayed in many others. Yeah. But like you said, there's plenty of things that we could be doing, donating to bail funds, donating to mutual aid funds. And we're going to link in the show notes for this episode to a few places that you can get involved in non-physical ways. Right. Which includes reading, too. We should it does. Link some. Please read some fucking books if you don't know. We should link to some books. We will. I think it's, you know, it's like hard sometimes. You're like, uh, I don't know where to start. Yeah, if if you're afraid of the words defund the police or abolish the police, you should read about what it means. It's, it's very great. interesting. I think that's it. I think that's our little... That's that's the spiel. We're just black and, and sad. <laughs> <laughs> but also black and hopeful. Yes, black and hopeful. So what we're going to do this week, because... We still haven't really been into the whole video game thing. We're 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 easing back easing back in, into but that. not much to really talk. I feel like I've just fallen into my comfort. Yeah, food games. I'll call them my mac and cheese, collard greens yeah, for sure. There's there is a lot going on in the world of video games, and we will absolutely cover that. We are gonna be back with a big episode soon because all that E three stuff uh, is, is still happening. Still happening, even though E three is not happening. So strange. So we'll have a lot to talk about in our next episode. This episode, we're going to rerun some fantastic people of color centric content from our vault. And we're going to talk about two ways uh, that the gaming community in particular stepped up uh, via some friends of the show and some favorites of ours that have participated in, in a massive project. So, uh, we're we're just gonna talk about those things and then set up a rerun. Our first rerun, which our I'm only very rerun. Our only rerun. I'm very proud of that. And I think you know if there's ever a time for us to pull out the rerun card, it's now. <laughs> I think we. I think I'm allowed to do that. I, I don't feel bad about that. Yeah, it it was a revelation. We were like, oh, instead of just not putting out an episode, we could rerun something. Yeah, that's fantastic. And it's a perfect episode. It is. It is a great episode for. Um, Figuring out some more POC content creators that you'd like to perhaps throw your money at. Yeah. So in some good gaming news, itch.io. Is it itch.io? Itch.io? I should know this, but we always see the names on screens and never, no one ever says it out loud. So I feel like... I say the dot. You say the dot? Itch.io? I do. Okay. Itch.io put out a bundle... The bundle for racial justice and equality and all the proceeds are being split half and half to the NAACP Legal Defense and Education Fund. 
and the community bail fund, and it raised a fuck ton of money, over six million. Yeah, huge, huge, huge. And a lot of games, almost ten thousand dollars worth of games, over a thousand games in the bundle. Uh, I did purchase it, and the when it gives you the landing page, you know, after it's like here are your games you can access. I was like, oh my god, there's so many, so many games. You'll never play them all. Well, I think if you tried. We'll never play them all. If there's like a thousand games. You could play a thousand games. If you played one game a day, it would take you many, many years. Three and a half. Three and a quarter. How are you going to finish a game a day? They're not all like huge, like, you know, Some 60 hour. Some of them are, but, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, when I talk about like, you know. It looks like that bundle is no longer available, but Humble Bundle did basically the same thing uh, just recently. And a few of our favorite games are actually in that bundle, including Cedric's game of last year on the list anyway, uh, Neocab. That's right. So if you're looking for a way to contribute to a bundle, it's going to the same great places. And there are some pretty uh, big name games in there. Still mostly indies, but um, if you're looking for uh, some more name recognition in what you're buying, <laughs> then uh, maybe look at the Humble Bundle. Yeah. Second, we just want to give a shout out to a person that we actually met uh, at the event that you'll hear about later in the show, Tanya DePass is a Twitch streamer and Black content creator. She also runs I Need Diverse Games and is a huge advocate for LGBTQ plus gamers as well. She was put on the front page of Twitch for her fundraising stream for bail funds and things like that in response to the uprisings. And she also raised a shit ton of money and gained a ton of new followers. You should be one of them. We will link to her channel in the show notes. But shout out to her and the rest of the Twitch community for really showing up and uh, forcing this discussion to continue during Pride Month as well. Really yes. uh, leaning into those intersections. Love to see it. So. Yeah, I, I'm just, again, overwhelmed by everything that's going on, but there's still a lot of positivity uh, happening in the gaming world at large and in the world at large. It's great. I'm tired, but I'm also like, yay, when I'm scrolling through Twitter. Like every 10 tweets, I'm like, oh, the world is shit. And then the 11th tweet comes and I'm like, oh, okay, here's a ray of sunshine. Yeah. Now is the time for, for people to um, step up. And and really demand change. I don't know what about this incident is different. Like, why do white people feel like this one is the one that they <laughs> are going to, like, pop off? Honestly, about? I think it's that a lot of people were like, wow, uh, we're fucked. We only got a $1,200 check. And a lot of us don't have jobs. And, you know, it's just really, I think, a moment where people are realizing that class and race are very much in bed with each other. At all times. I don't know. It's a moment. It's weird. It's strange. I I, I don't... I, people have, with better minds than mine uh, probably can talk about why it's happening now. But hmm. that's my two cents. I would bet that it has a lot to do with the organizing that has gone on in Minneapolis in particular. And then because mm. Minneapolis popped off the way that it did, other places in the country that have similarly seen other incidents like that. And like, oh, we also, could pop off too. Yeah, exactly. Hey. Like, oh, we can take police agents and set them on fire? That's oh, crazy. Okay. But <laughs> cool. <laughs> let's, let's do that. Um, so yeah, from me... Not from Gamer Friends or from Cedric, but from me, <laughs> uncritical and unironic support for all forms of protest, including looting and rioting. And uh, I I'm thrilled you know, about uh, that part of it. I'm not thrilled about why. Right. <sighs> a riot is the voice of the unheard. And we won't, let's not dig too much <laughs> further into that. Uh, Woo. If you want to talk politics... <laughs> Find us on Discord. We cannot do it succinctly enough here in the podcast. No, we'll be, it would be a much longer episode. Be, yeah. And we are starting And to also very much out of our subject exactly. matter. Exactly. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the episode where we're running. Yeah, we went to the Game Developers of Color Expo now two years ago because we couldn't go last year, unfortunately. We met a lot of really cool devs, learned a lot, which you'll hear in the in this rerun. It was a good good time all around. 
it was a great time. Uh, and several of the people that we met were still in contact with, uh, including the Swim Sanity folks. That's right. Decoy Game. Shout out. Yeah, and they just announced that Swim Sanity is officially coming out this summer. Very and it's going to be full crossplay. Very excited. Full crossplay? Yes. Oh, my goodness. I know a couple of the other games that we first talked about in this episode uh, also had some updates. We're just going to link to all of the original games in the show notes as well. It's going to be a very link-heavy show notes episode. But you know what? That's what happens when uh, we're exhausted. So... Thank you very much for tuning in. We will be back with you, uh, assuming there's no additional plague. If aliens come, then that's a wrap. Game of Friends is probably over. Yeah, probably. Um, But assuming there's not an alien invasion in the next two weeks, we will talk to you then. Doses. We have an incredibly special episode for you today. We really, we really do. So two weeks ago, we got to go to the Game Developers of Color Expo. G-Doc Expo. It was dope. It was lit. They let us cover it, which is dope we're and lit. Journalists, we're FYI. <laughs> Just so you know, we're getting serious over here at Gamer Phones, okay? So we have credentials. <laughs> do you have credentials? Because we did. Oh, boy. (laughs) Anyway, we played a lot of games. Several. Several games. Like 20. 20? No, but, you know. Uh, Sure. Like 20. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, And I'd say we also learned a lot. I learned a great deal. I learned so much as just a fan of games. It was really something special. Shout out to Tanya Killmonger, by the way, who we got to meet and take a picture with. That's right. It's a very cute picture. It is a very cute picture, and I'm a big fan. She's dope. So yeah, it's all about game developers of color, obviously. Um, But I really liked their mission statement. Here is one of the organizers during the keynote. The Game Devs of Color Expo went from an idea as a small roundtable in NYU Game Center's Magnet Center to a hall in Microsoft's Times Square building and was reborn here at the Schomburg Center last year. And that was amazing. The event's purpose has shifted a bit too, as we've worked to expand the discussion past, you know, capital D diversity into something more like, let's just talk about really great art and culture because we all know, everyone here knows that the games industry that's diverse is better for everybody. So one of the big talks that we sat in for was the many faces of game development. You remember that one, right? Mm-hmm. Very good. I really enjoyed it, and I think it framed their mission statement like really well. Um, so in that vein, I think we should hear from some of the game developers that we talked to. Let's hit it. Leg out. First up, Skating Dave. Woo! Yes. Rhythm game, dating sim. Woo! Or should I say... Gay. Hmm. Hmm. You play as Maggie Price, a high school junior who has a big old crush on Patricia Romano, an outcast at Diamond Park High. Both girls are on different roller derby teams, so your objective is to both do well, hit them rhythms, while also wooing your potential crush. We spoke to the game's developer, Geneva Hayward, who goes by Jensuta on Twitter. All right, and how long have you been developing games? Um, oh my gosh, since my sophomore year of high school, which was three years ago. <laughs> okay, so you're, you're, you... I graduated this year. Nice. Yeah. What's the plans after high school? I'm going to NYU for game design in the fall. Perfect. Yeah. Oh my god, congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. Um, so how long, is, how long has this game been in development? Since like about last year in like September-ish. It started as a game jam game. Mm-hmm. And then I made it onto Kickstarter with this. And now oh. I'm planning on releasing it next year. Next year? Yeah. That's awesome. Probably for just- a game jam is basically like a hackathon. A whole bunch of the developers either get together, IRL, or online and make games. Then we ask what the development process has been. It's been pretty hard because, you know, making rhythm games is really hard. There's a lot of, like, getting everything to be precise. You have to have math included and all this other stuff. But, like, being able to develop the story and the characters has been fun. Yeah, I noticed that, like, the dialogue seemed very, like, 
real and also very funny. Um, yeah, the dialogue is hilarious. It is very funny. And very relatable. <laughs> very high school. Uh, not only has Geneva worked on all that math and all that good writing, they also had some other roles. Uh, who made the music? I did everything for this. <laughs> yeah. Here's what they had to say about the art style in the game. I mean, like, like I could say it's inspiration for colors, because like I said, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to like take the 70s and like put this in the game to put it together. And I was like, I just, because I really like 70s music and like my dad, he's like a DJ and he used to DJ a lot when I was younger, so I like know so much about music. Um, but yeah, for when it comes to art, I've just been drawing since like middle school. And so I guess just my art style just developed the way it did. Yeah. So we played through a demo of the game at the expo, and one thing I really liked about it was the endings. So here's a bit of a spoiler alert. You know, spoiler alert. Whoop, whoop. Uh, we'll put a link, play the game if you don't want any spoilers, but there's four endings in total. Which one did you end up getting? A gay one. Well, well, yes. Yours was called the softy ending, right? Hmm. What? Yeah, you got the softy ending. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, Geneva does. So there's like four different endings in this version of the game. So, well, for the demo anyway, this is a demo. So like one of, like there's two good and two bad. The two good ones are for when you, you know, when you actually do good and you get like, like there's a meter on the side of the screen and when you fill it, that's like when you reach like the goal score for the level. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's when you get to go on a date with um, Patricia. But like there's differences. Like if you hit Patricia or if you choose to like avoid hitting her. So Oh, I didn't realize that was yeah. part of the that was a mechanic in there. Yeah. Nice. So, so were you Jordan, were you avoiding were you avoiding Patricia on purpose? Jordan was <laughs> avoiding <laughs> Yeah, if you got the softy ending, that. then that was avoiding Patricia. So you actually did really well. Yeah. And I felt like you were missing <laughs> a good amount. I could not tell at first uh what part of the rhythm I was supposed to be hitting on. And then when I realized that I could do whatever I wanted to do, yeah. then it became a lot easier to, to figure out exactly when I should be uh, dodging and when I didn't want to dodge. And I had seen before that if you hit Patricia too much, then she's not going to think she likes you. And I want her to like me, so I didn't hit her very much. And then I'm a softie. So. Nice. And that attention to story was built in right from the inception of the game. Yeah, like when I initially first started making this, I was like, okay, roller derby, 70s rhythm game. And I was like, okay, I want the player to be able to make their own beats and for it to do different moves. Uh So like this is like an older version of the game that I have here today because the newer one I was working on all night (laughs) didn't work out. Um, But I want it to be like, so it's more straightforward for the player to know how to get different endings. Mm-hmm. Because for most people, they were like, oh, I didn't, like, for example, you like, didn't know. Yeah, I you. didn't do that at all. I just yeah. was like, oh, hit it on the thing. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, I'm developing on trying to figure out a way to make it more obvious and also mm-hmm. probably get the move things in there. Because the optional beats that I, like, put in the tutorial kind of threw people off and made people just want to spam the keyboard and <laughs> stuff, you know? Nice. And so, yeah, I'm trying to fix that. This nigga kept spamming the space bar. Um, I was spamming the space bar rhythmically. <laughs> no, yeah. he well, wasn't. Yeah, whatever. And then we just had one more question we had to ask. Have you been skating since middle school too? No, I wish. I mean, like, I've <laughs> skated indoors, but I've started skating outdoors recently. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Next up, we have The Last Stop, a point-and-click adventure game where you play Christopher Kit Chen as he rides to the last stop of the train after getting ditched by his little sister. So he has to set off to borrow the 275 from The Last Stop's eccentric residence. So Joelle and Amy are the two behind this game. They've been developing for two years now. Mm. As a thesis statement, they both met at FIT. Yes. What? You you heard that right. Who? FIT. There's an animation yeah. program. There's an anime. Okay, I did not know that. It's yeah. Really small. Uh, I didn't know that. They, they, they don't, they don't <laughs> talk. They don't advertise it? They don't advertise it as much. We're literally the, tech, the technology of fashion of technology, honestly. That was Joel. Here's Amy. School 
tours aren't that fun. When they come by, they're just like, oh, what's this department? It's like, oh yeah, they do videos. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. They need to put some respect on your names. That's, 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 that's what we were trying to do this entire time. Put this game out. Well, that's awesome. I'm so glad that you were able to figure that out. Wow. That's, that's something. Here's how they came up with the concept. It was part of a kind of like a class curriculum where we needed to like build a thesis. So it kind of started like kind of developing ideas around like the first year. And then towards the second year, it was just going from the, the like the pre-production into like the post-production. And it was the first time we had such a kind of like for both of us, like a big project, I guess, in a way, with like a new tool. Like I was, I, like as the programmer, I was kind of like, had to learn how to code in C-sharp from, with Unity from scratch. And like a kind of, yeah, in a, yeah, in like within that time span. And it was very rocky and very like stressful, but in the end, it was very, really interesting and deep learning experience. Once the two came together, it was a game that went from just about Amy's Chinese culture to a game that represented both Amy's culture and Joelle's Filipino culture. And that mix will show up a lot in the game. Anytime there's dialogue that's either of Chinese or Filipino descent, you can hover over it to get its definition. This mix also came up in the artwork. Here's Joelle. How was uh, creating the art for this? Um... We took the longest time <laughs> in pre-production because I was never happy <laughs> with anything. Like a true artist. <laughs> From the very beginning, I always wanted, uh, at least after she agreed to incorporate Filipino culture into it, um, I was so down into like trying to reinforce that mix subtly in the art direction. So, like, the colors you see um, when you're in the last stop mm -hmm. are based off of, uh, is a amalgamation of, like, it's just a mixture of, like, Filipino choice of colors and then, like, Chinese paintings, uh, stylistic, like, uh, style with Chinese uh, painting stylism. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so which, which I was just kind of trying to learn as much as I can. Nice, nice. All right. I'm curious, number one, why you chose point and click, um, and then number two, uh, who wrote the dialogue and is there any real-life inspiration from a little sister that has led you to pursue this type of storyline? Oh, okay. So the first question was, why point to click? Um, it kind of, I have like a super fondness for it since I started playing like, what is it, like the really old games like putt-putt <laughs> like, yeah and those were really fun like i remembered and i was just so fond of it and then the second inspiration that kind of like pulled me towards like creating this type of game was a taiwanese um point and click adventure horror game called detention yeah detention um and it was it was just so beautiful so in how they kind of weave together like culture into the puzzles. So, yeah, so I wanted, like, we wanted, like, something like that. Um, what was that question? Oh, the, the writing, right? Oh, the writing. Uh, <laughs> she wrote, if you couldn't tell, she wrote the younger sister dialogue. <laughs> she had a lot to say. Um, we, we, switched, we switched back and forth with, like, uh, whoever wrote, uh, whoever wrote, like, different dialogues. I wrote one portion, she wrote another, so. And, so, basically. and um, sometimes I feel like it does. I might have tapped in a memory and I might have subconsciously wrote it in. But most of the time I'm just making stuff up. Maybe. maybe. Awesome. Okay, last question. Uh, when can we play it? Where can we play it in full? And um, any other shout outs that you want to give? Um, about the future of the project. 
Um, you can play this in my Ichio. Um, and it's z 4hio slash the last stop. Uh, as for when it'll come out, I think by next year we'll have chapter one. We're aiming for three chapters. But right now it's more like since it's like a super prototype, we're thinking of like I'm thinking of revamping the all like uh, the code <laughs> because I'm like a perfectionist. Yeah. It looks a lot closer to release than that, so uh, kudos. It looks it looks great. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. That was after that, we played the chat sim So Obscure. It's a visual novel through the interface of the main character, Sam's computer. The game is set in 2005, where you play as Sam, who is also renameable. And from the So Obscure website, Sam was born and raised in Hong Kong, who spends most of their time lamenting the lack of warped tour dates in their local area. Who comes across? Brandon. We caught up with the team that developed this game, Stardust Soda, by email after the expo and asked them a bunch of questions. The team is made up of two folks. We have Sue who writes and Yam who does the art, programming, and is also a co-writer. Uh, both took basic game design in high school. They would write and draw comics together and share Wait, them with friends. Excuse me. Yes? Y'all have basic game design in high school now? Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I didn't. That's pretty impressive. Hmm. I mean, we got to find out what high school they went to. Or what year, because, like, I don't think video games were a career path when I was... I mean, they were. Right, right. We're getting right. off topic. We are. Anyway... So then they met at university and took one of their old high school stories and made a game out of it as Stardust Soda in 2014. That's cute. Very cute. Their first game was at the Nano Reno Game Jam in 2016. This game jam is specifically for visual novels, so they have plenty of practice in that genre. And I think it really shows here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. They came up with the name Stardust Soda because they wanted something that sounded delicious. I am watering in my mouth right now. I would drink the fuck out of some Stardust soda. It sounds like it belongs in Steven Universe. It does. Mm-hmm. Mm. Get Rebecca on the phone. Anyway, uh, they first came up. They were almost called Stardust Sunday, but went with soda instead, which I think was a good choice. Good choice. But anyway, So Obscure was created at the same game jam. It lasts a month. They do all of the work in three weeks, and then they spend the last week on bug fixes. This is the third time that they were doing this game jam, so they knew what they were doing, especially with the time constraint. Uh, they really wanted to focus on the writing for this one, so they went with like a smaller framework to go into to really flesh out the story. And it, it was, it's deep. It's deep. It's a deep story. Uh, the game did really well at the expo. It did. It there did. was a long line. I Very long that. line. Uh, it was great. They had the the whole game ready to play. Like I was Apparently like, you can play it online now. You can play it online right now. It's dope. Please do. I had a great time. Especially if you are like, if you are alive four to thirty right now, that's probably the sweet spot. Yeah, I feel like if you were like alive and like really into things in two thousand five, you would really appreciate this game. Like I felt sucked back in their portal. It was great. Which I really, it was, which was really cool. Even like, there was so much to relate to, even like cross culturally. It was dope. But the team is now working on another visual novel. This one's called Through the Panels. It follows a young aspiring artist who is searching for her next big story idea. And this game is set in the same universe. It's so obscure, but years later. And you know, I love a good gaming universe. You're a big fan. Big fan. I stand. Uh, so yeah, go check it out. The link is in the show notes.
Next up, we played Swim Sanity, a four-player underwater party shooter where you play as a MOOBA, which I'm going to call like scuba diver Iron Man. Is that accurate? Hmm. Yeah, like... I mean, I guess. I guess. They're just MOOBAs. They're MOOBAs. It's a corny. It's a corny comparison. Gotta have corny comparisons. You are pretty corny. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you can choose between different classes. Like, you have, like, your medic, you know, your, like, shooter class, you know, all those guys. Um, they and all each, shoot. They all shoot. You know what I mean. Like, your specialty. Like, one's, like, a defense dude. One's, like, a medic dude. Anyway, they all have supers, which they call, in this game, unleashes once you, you know, do what you're supposed to be doing. We got to play through most of the modes in the game. There's a co-op mode, multiple PvP modes, and a survival mode. And all of them were, like, wildly fun. I legitimately got to say that I did not expect to have as much fun as I had. Mm. And I'm kind of mad that I only played one long round. Yeah, I really needed more of this game right now. But we will get into all those details in our interview with Decoy Games. All right. Can we, can we names of how long you've been developing games? Yep, so my name's Ahmed Abdullah. Um, it's my brother Khalil. Yep. We've both been developing games for, man, prototyping for like, It's going on 10 years. 10 years yeah. for a prototyping phase. So it's been a, it's been a journey. Um, and we, Khalil wrote up an awesome post on our blog, on our website. So at decodegames.com, if you guys want to see the full detail of the journey, it's a good way to, to see it too. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the concept of the game started off as a school project about 10 years ago when I was a junior. This build that you guys are seeing today, the Unity build, probably started about two and a half, three years ago. So um, there were a lot of iterations to get the game to the, to the point that it is today. When did you start working on Unity? Unity, so we started learning Unity probably four years ago, like a year before this iteration went through. We were previously working with Microsoft XNA which was a kind of a free-to-play, free-to-build framework by Microsoft to release on all four consoles. We had to switch over to Unity. That's where we kind of enabled ourselves by using the online tutorials. And from this is our first Unity game. So yeah, what you're yeah. seeing is our first project. First commercial Unity. release. Yeah. So you have plans for Switch too? So right now we're releasing on Steam, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. We have we have luckily talked to someone from Nintendo and we want to release on on uh, the Switch. So, so fingers crossed. Yes, yeah. we're lo we're looking forward to it. We're looking. <laughs> you guys were like ready. We're like oh, someone's gonna ask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 he said four <laughs> consoles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a process, but we uh, I we're we're confident that we think there's a good chance yeah. it'll come. We don't know when, but we're gonna. And, keep and if it doesn't, it. complain to Nintendo that they need yeah, to get some sanity on the Switch. <laughs> That's right. Don't let them get away with it. It needs to be on all four. Yes. Right. Yeah. Switch seems to be the home for party games, so I don't think that they would have a problem with some sanity. Yeah. Um, so we just played a little bit, although we did play multiple modes. Um, I gotta say, I'm a little. Uh, blown away by how much fun I had <laughs> in such a short period of time. Uh, it was really, really fun. Uh, my clan and I are looking for a new like game to be playing together. Uh, you know, PUBG's running a little a little yeah, sale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're not Fortnite people. Game. We're yeah. not Fortnite people. Um, so I guess what I'm interested in hearing from you all is uh, where do you see Swim Sanity in like the world of party games. Yeah, so I think like one thing that Fortnite brought back is the like casual competitive gameplay where I think games like Call of Duty and Battlefield, which are great games, but they're very strong, like just the competitive side. I think what our game brings back are like the days of like N64 where you have a lot of these party games where not only can the competitive gamers play and you know go at each other real hard, but casual new timers, like you're seeing a lot of people playing the game for the first time, can also feel like they're contributing as well. Um, Overwatch kind of introduced that back again, and I think that's exactly where we fit in, playing the competitive layers to a, a, a party game. And we're really focused on online play too. Uh, it's something we're putting a lot of effort in. We want the experience to be something that's retro, but the online aspects to feel very innovative. So we want to be able to, a lot of, there's actually a lot of indie games. I have a lot of party games out there, but some of them are not online. So they're local. So a lot of people can experience that. And that's the main way people like to play together. So that's one of our big focuses is make sure we bring that experience online. If you compete, go on leaderboards, you know, go up. But if you want to actually go together, complete challenges, work together, that's our goal. Yeah, if I had one criticism of like Overcooked, it would be that I can't play right. online with folks. Right. Um, and this seems like it would be a really great medium to kind of fill that same void. Right. Um, 
I'm interested in knowing a little bit more about the formation of the game in and of itself, like the idea of MUBAs. Is that how you pronounce yeah, it? Yeah, MUBA, yeah. So where did all that come from? <laughs> this isn't going to be as... Uh, here we go. All right, so this actually started from a school project that was inspired from a very old uh, Nintendo game called Octopus, where basically Mario would go down to the bottom of the water, try to collect as much gold as he could and bring it back to, up to his boat while there was an octopus that reached out and grabbed him. Now, I had a Flash project where we had to make a, a school where we had to make a game. And I wanted to inspire it off that. So based off that idea, I came up with some sanity, the adventures of Muba Jiver, the scuba diver. That's a horrible name, obviously. <laughs> and when I brought it to them, they're like, all right, we'll keep the Muba part. So yeah, the Muba's that's cool. where That's where Mubas came from. So Muba Jiver, the scuba diver, we just kept the Muba. And the, these characters you're seeing are they're Mubas. But yeah, it started from a Flash project, a really simple concept where I basically took the Nintendo idea, but I added a bunch of different sea creatures. So instead of just an octopus, there was what we call like a dive fit, a swordfish at that time, uh, crabs, squids, and you know, it just kind of got crazier and crazier from there. Yeah, and we just said, when we wanted to bring on console, like we gotta make this multiplayer, multiplayer. with four players. Mm -hmm. And then we just iterated on ideas. So we're like, okay, and the game, if we showed you guys a build five years ago, it just looks nothing like it. Yeah. I mean, it didn't have rapid fire. It was very like tactical, yeah. <laughs> uh, kind of taking out people, but then we just had to keep improving it. And the game industry innovates very quickly. Yeah. So even something that was actually really cool three years ago is just not that cool yeah. anymore. So a lot of <laughs> concepts we had to, we had to make a lot faster, run at 60 frames per second, things like that. So it just evolved yeah. over the years. So you're going 60 FPS? We're, we're talking to 60 FPS. <clears throat> right now, we nice. played with 60 FPS. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Oh, <clears throat> cool. Yeah, 1080p, yeah, cool. 60 FPS, that's our goal. Um, in terms of uh, the ID program. And just to interrupt for a second, the Microsoft ID program is for independent developers to build and publish games on their platform. Yep. I'm just interested to hear your opinion as being a part of the program, uh, as developers of color, if that has played a role in your perception or how you've been dealing with folks at Microsoft, anything like that? Yeah, yeah so I, I would say out of all three of the main developers, Microsoft's been, they have the most streamlined service, right? It's very automated and online, so I wouldn't say that being a person of color really affected us there because they haven't met us yet. Mm -hmm. um, I think where that's really come into play is a lot of times doing, you know, public conventions and stuff like that and submitting to, you know, a lot of these conventions you submit to, you have to be like judged out of criteria and stuff. And I personally feel like sometimes other people are taken, even with lesser quality games, are taken more seriously because you know they look they look more the part. We like we 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 note that we don't always look the part of developers, and we we're not willing to change the way we like look for that part or anything like that. But I think that's where it's really come into play so far. A lot of stuff like submitting into these kind of like Sony's and Microsoft and Switch, a lot of it's remote anyway. So I wouldn't say that it really comes into play quite yet. Well, I would also say though, one thing we're trying to do is really break down some barriers too, right? I mean, it's a fact that only 3% of developers in the world are black. Yeah. And that's just a very low representation for for a game. That's bad. Yeah. That's I didn't realize bad. it was that low. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very low. Um, so we want to break barriers and go there. And we also want to show that this was us coming from some big AAA company. This is just mm -hmm. us, you know, wanting to just focus ourselves on gaming, uh, really just self-taught, just much a lot of, you know, working really hard and showing that, you know, people, no matter where you come from, can get into this. And I think just like any entertainment industry, whether it's movies, music, I think when you make it more diverse, that's where the industry goes for. Get different kinds and of I stuff. think gaming hasn't hit its level yet where really people of color haven't broke into it. And when that happens, you're going to see it take a new jump, just like how music took a new jump, sports took a new jump. So we're trying to, you know, kind of be thought leaders in that and see if we can be the ones that can really start pushing more people of color, knowing like, hey, I come out of college and I can make games. And then you bring those game ideas in, and that's when we're really going to see things like take another jump in. Swim Sanity is, we love the project, but we guarantee you guys, like, our ideas that we already have in play, we're actually going to, a lot of that's going to come out of those ideas, yeah, to be honest absolutely. with you, a lot of the, the diversity ideas and stuff, so. Nice. Yeah, I would not um, think that it was an indie developer that had put the, all that together. Yeah. It yeah. looks really polished for something that's not coming out for another year. So uh, kudos. It looks fantastic. I just had a blast. That was definitely the most fun that I've had. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I don't even have anything to add. Y'all said it all. Anything else that you would like uh, to throw in? Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you're a Steam gamer, a PlayStation gamer, Xbox gamer, and soon to be a Switch gamer when it gets released on Switch. Come check out some Sandy. When I say like anyone from casual to competitive level can, can play and enjoy this, young, old, honestly, I'm not just saying that just to say it, 
you can see the crowd today, like all different types of age ranges and everything are enjoying and playing the game. So. Yep. And if you're in New York area, we're going to be at Play NYC, which is an awesome event, showcases a lot of indie developers here. It's all playable, so we'll be there as well. And we're going to be at GameCon later this year. So we're definitely going to be in the New York area. So if you're a gamer, come by and we'll definitely love to interact. If there's there. events that you are not on the list. Yeah, let, let us, us know. know. Yep. Let us know, man. All right, cool. Dope. All right. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, appreciate yeah. it. Right, um, excuse me, y'all. I'm taking a break. I am playing this awesome baseball game. Don't mind me. Remember this one? Remember this one, Nick? Becker Derby. There we go. It is a mobile arcade baseball game. Sounds like you're not doing too well. I got a foul ball. Oh my god, this is so hard. Okay. You know, hosting and talking and playing a game is very difficult. That's exactly what I predicted. I... <laughs> no, I'm going to play it at the same time. I can read. I can do it's it. It's fine. All right. Oop. We got the breakout. Rally love. Break its heart. It's like Pong. This music is so much fun. Oh. Hell yes. Uh, I lost. Mm -hmm. I lost a fever round. Exactly. So, uh, who are you? Um, my name is Ray John Taylor Foster, and I am the sole owner of Maximum Crash. And tell us, what is Maximum Crash? Maximum Crash is, uh, it's, I'm a sole proprietor. It's my company I've been running for a couple years now. But uh, Maximum Crash is a meaning for maximum effort, maximum love, maximum soul that we put into the work that we do. And the crash is the effect that it has. And it, we hope to inspire, we hope to teach, and we hope to make the world a better place by the things we create. Uh, is it your first release? Um, no, this is actually my third commercial release as Maximum oh, wow. Crash and probably my fourth or fifth um, in total projects commercially released. So why don't you tell us about this project and uh, if you'd like, tell, tell us about the previous work that you've done. Sure. Um, so today we're showing off Becker Derby, which is a collaboration with Becker College out in Worcester, Massachusetts. And essentially it's a one-touch baseball game, but a lot around here the players have kind of called it Baseball 2 um, because of how innovative the mechanics are and it's a fresh new take on baseball. And ironically, um, and don't hate me for this, but you know, baseball is actually one of my least favorite sports. So, I, you know, I made the baseball game that me as a person who does not completely like baseball would want to play. Fair enough, because I don't like baseball either. And uh, that's okay yeah. on this podcast, because we don't, we don't, we don't do play sports, sports games. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Like, I, I like, like, SSX or, like, sh like FIFA Street or NFL. Like, I like more yeah. arcade sports games. Like, game games, not, like, sports simulators, you know? Gotcha, yes. gotcha. So one of the first things that I noticed while playing Becker Derby was that you kind of give us a break. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's structured like a home run derby type situation. But if you do well enough, I guess, mm -hmm. then you go into kind of like a brick breaker. Yes. Are there other modifications as you go further along? Yeah, so it's it's the difficulty scales where it's like, okay, you start off with these pitches, these gravity bent weird pitches that you, this shouldn't happen in baseball, but it's happening. Um, and if you get a high enough home run streak, you go into what's called fever mode, and it turns into pong, it turns into breakout, and breakout the invaders, which is more of a combination between space invaders and breakout. And um, if you can finish the fever, like get all the hearts on the rally or clear all the bricks, then you get a perfect fever. And you're able to choose from a random power-up that allows you to basically break the game. Maybe it's a multiplier, maybe it's strike forgiveness or a foul guard where you don't get strikes for fouls and or an extender, it gives you more power-ups and just basically things that increase the experience as you go and it becomes more exponential. But if you get a power-up, the difficulty increases because I'm assuming you're pretty good enough to clear not just the home run derby, but also these retro video games. Gotcha, gotcha. That's really cool. I really appreciate the break in pace. Mm -hmm. It wasn't mm -hmm. something, I, I think that a problem with a lot of the previous mobile games that I've been addicted to anyway mm -hmm. is that I become unaddicted because they don't change up. Right. It's like the same thing the whole time. Right. 
Um, so I thought that was really, really innovative way to, Thank to you. do that. Thank you so much. <clears throat> uh, are all your other previous games mobile as well? Um, a couple of them are. Um, the previous one before this, because this is actually, Becker Derby is actually the third in a trilogy of baseball games that I previously released of, of that lineup of commercial games. The previous one was Bravehearts Derby, which is for the Worcester Bravehearts team out there in Worcester. And then the one before that is the original Starlot Derby. Um, and it's an entire universe that ties all the branded games together. It's a large story, but I'm still kind of working on it. And um, there's actually like a secret little ARG behind this game that I ran on campus and it was cryptic and it has all these notes and it's Twitter and it's all kind of connected to each other. Word. So how long have you been building all of this? Um, like collectively? I've been doing Maximum Crash since I was in high school. Um, I started off as a graffiti artist, and I was like, well, you know, I'm going to get caught by the cops doing graffiti one day, so I need to turn this into a legal business, you know what I'm saying? So I started doing graphic design, and that's what I was just calling it. I, I was still doing graffiti, I was just calling it graphic design. <laughs> but um, slowly over time, I just, I knew I wanted to make video games, that was something I was passionate about. So I just took the time, did my homework, um, you know, heads down, and just did it. Just kept chopping away at making games, and slowly but surely we got to where we are today and i've just been doing this on my own and collaborating with all my friends that i've met along the way awesome and speaking about art we asked more about that in becca derby the art style where did you get your inspiration for that well actually the primary artist on the project max farinito um he he had this really nice style i've known him for a couple years and i said hey you know i want to switch it up a little bit because originally the games are pixel art and i was like let me move away from that let me go for more illustrated more you know capcom old school capcom power stone kind of cell shaded flat feeling and um it's also like functionality first and then we put the art because we're making games for mobile and there's a lot of there's a lot of differences in devices, right? There's thousands of different kinds of Android. So being able to support that op with optimizations is something that was important from the jump. So to do that, we had a rule where it was like, okay, 70% of the art has to be programmed. And the other 30% can be directly animated and hand animated. So a lot of that is just really simple and really smart, clever tricks to draw that and create the idea of this is a field, but it also gives us more I would say control over how we can handle the graphics to say, oh, maybe if the client doesn't like this color and it's like, well, I'm not going to go to Max and say, hey, we're going to have to throw out the entire thing you worked a week on and now we're going to have to do it again. I'm going to have to put it in and optimize it. So we made sure that the tools that we built for this project is as modular as possible. So say if somebody else wants a baseball game besides just Becker, they could come in and say, hey, can you make our mascot look like that? And we'll put it together and give it out. And it's already done. All the hard work is done. We just got to make it look good. Yeah, you could really tell that this developer works both smart and hard. And speaking of, we did ask what else is in the pipeline for Maximum Crash? I uh, can't talk much about it. Oh. Can't talk much about it. But I can simply put it that it's, it's a game where you solve all of your problems by punching stuff. Ooh, okay. That sounds like my. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like if it's like if Hannibal Buress and Eric Andre came together to direct Fight Club Two in first person. <clears throat> oh wow! I'm in. That's that's quite the. Uh... What's your email sign up list? I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Put me on that. Yeah, I, I could definitely. Yeah, I was very sold on that pitch. But if you need some maximum crash in your life right now, you're in luck. Becker Derby, Derby is, is available for free with absolutely no ads and microtransactions on what, the what? on the iOS App Store and the Google Play Store. Doing the Lord's work, truly. And last up, we have the ultimate clapback. It is a card game where you clap back. We ran out of time for a formal interview, but to bring things full circle, we did hear from Mary Martha at the top of the day from the Many Faces of Game Development panel. Here she is with moderator... Tara E. Walker, who is a senior technical evangelist at Amazon Web Services. I just want to know, you know, you talked about how your foray into game development, mm -hmm. happened, right? So how does the design of Ultimate Clapback, you know, how does that design reflect your experience? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll say this. Do you all know what a clapback is? So for those that don't, a clapback is a response to something that someone says to you, right? So if I said tattoos are a lifetime of commitment, you could say too bad your marriage wasn't. 
if, you know, that like that kind of stuff, right? So my experiences at the time is that that's what was going on in my life. My tongue was very sharp. So I decided to design a game around the fact that my tongue was sharp, but make it fun. Yeah. Did I answer your question? Yeah, they, you know, now I want to play. So you, they wouldn't even that's know. That's what I mean. So that was my experience. And so who I am naturally as a person is in the game. And for me going through this experience, I think that that makes sense to be as authentic as to who you are. So like that makes sense for the game that you're making, right? Is pulling from your own experiences yep, absolutely. Of, of who you are. So, I mean, I identify as a black woman. My game at the core of it is a, it's a black woman. Yep. Anyone can play, but it sounds like me. So we sat down with her at the end of the day to learn how to play the ultimate clapback. And y'all, we had a lot of fun with this one. Now on your podcast, do people cuss? I just want to be, I just want to make sure. Because I got a party mouth. Huh? It's hard to not be explicit. Listen, I'm like, it's fine, we're doing it, we're listen, easy, I don't care. I'm a black woman in America. I'm angry, paranoid, and I cuss. I am a dad on spit. I really don't, and I'm like this all day. This is just who I am. Okay, so you want to do some gameplay, so I'm going to explain to you the mechanics of the game. Are you ready? All right, so this is the ultimate clapback. The ultimate clapback. Do you know what a clapback is? Yes. It's like what Rihanna does on Instagram, on Twitter all the time. Yes, and uh, John Legend's wife. Oh, uh, Chrissy. Chrissy, she's good. She's good for the clapback, right? So here we have two decks of cards. The pink, your claps, the yellow, the clap back. Everyone receives five yellow cards, so that's what you have. You also have a voting card. One side says word, thumbs up, the other says no. So that's yours, there's yours, here's mine. So, someone picks up from the pink pile, they say what's on the card directly to you, and then you respond with something in your hand. If your clap back is strong, you've won. If not, you've lost. The goal is to win five. So for the sake of the demo, we'll go up to three. The person to determine whether or not the clapback has won is the person that threw out the pink card. But if you disagree, so if I'm like, that's whack, you're like, no, no, it's real, real good. That's when we vote. Was the clapback strong or not? And then the majority wins, okay? Um, inside of here, you may find some fill in the blank cards. That's where you have to be created. Um, I also have an ultimate card and a challenge card. If you get one of those, you should play it. And you'll know it because it says ultimate or challenge and it automatically wins. So this is the game of improv. We're, we're just talking, it's about how we relate to each other. So you can look at your cards. Um, in gameplay, one of the things that I found, because, you know, the clapbacks are meant to be quick. So if you hold, <laughs> if you hold your cards vertically, then you're able to see what's in your hand. So that, so that it, it allows you to be quicker because that's how the joke lands. That's how that's how it works. Yeah, when we walked up to the game, my knee-jerk reaction was to just think of it as like a black cards against humanity, but it really isn't. A lot of you winning or losing a hand has a lot to do with the delivery. This is not a game of chance. It's not about matching things up. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. So say it with your chest. Believe it, mean it. We all friends here, don't take yourself too seriously. <laughs> You know, you ain't gonna hurt me. I wrote the shit. It's okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, if you don't feel comfortable saying it to him, you can say it to me. I'm not offended. And yes, I wrote most of these based upon my mother's family. <laughs> so um, I'll get us started. Oh, wait, did I tell you if you don't have, like if you don't think you have a strong enough plot back, you can pick up one for help. Oh, okay. But the one that you pick up, you don't, it's not like you pick it up and you have to use it. You can pick it up and still, no, right? So I'll get it started. Why are you always running your mouth? Like your crusty ass lip. Wow, wow, okay. So straight out the gate, you put it down like that, you won. <laughs> so what you do, you're gonna collect, you collect it to the side as if you were playing like spades or hearts, you collect your book to the side, okay? So you should always have five yellow cards in your hand, so pick up one. And now you pick up the pink. Oh, we, oh, so we both have to, re whoever responds first. No, it's whoever I say it to. 
It's oh, not. Got, oh, okay. So I'm coming straight for you. Okay. Yeah. Got it. What happened to your girlfriend? So you put it down so we everyone can see what happened to your girlfriend. Say you it. Tried it. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. That's the, that's the, and that's how I wrote it. So I use a challenge card here, and here's the explanation of how it works. So normally, right, the person who wins the hand, then they're the one to next pick up the pink card and go. The challenge card is actually giving you the opportunity to win another hand. So basically you're saying, you tried it, come again. So you collect this to the side. You should have five yellow cards in your hand, and now you've got to come back. Yep. Pull your pants up. Well, that credit score up. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. You know, you start talking about some credit. You said credit score? Yeah. So what we were doing was going around in a circle, and you don't have to do that. That's not in the rules. You can actually call out whoever you want. So this is a great game. You know, you got something to say, get it off your chest, do it in the ultimate clapback. Uh, did you put your makeup on in the dark? Come on, did you After put that, your makeup on in the dark? I was called out. Are you still a college dropout? <laughs> <laughs> huh? Are you? <laughs> what happened to your edges? And after that, Mary Martha called out Nick. Straighten your face, you look constipated. No, 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 no. And let me tell you why. Because you kept laughing through it. And There's no conviction. You, you had no conviction. So I win. I win. It all came down to the delivery. So wait, okay. Let me see. Let me see. Why you suck your teeth when you mad? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You lost. You got nothing. Pick up one for help. So if you have nothing, nothing at all, you can pick up another pink card and add it to your deck as a lifeline. You don't have to use it, but I think it worked out for me. So let me set it up for you again. What I said was, why you suck your teeth when you mad? Why are you so pressed and distressed? Yes, yes, you just won the whole game. I love that. That's a good lifeline. Just like that. So that's... So that's how the game goes until someone gets to five. Variations of this that I've seen people play, they decide to do like, they keep going back and forth. Um, in the rules, it just says, these are the basic guidelines. Don't take yourself too seriously. Do what you want, have fun. So it's the same way when we play Uno, when we play Monopoly. No one knows the real rules to Monopoly. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody. No one, no one really knows the rules to Uno either. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then if you play spades, right? And with that, Schomburg Center was closed, and the game developer of Color Conference was over. It was great. It was really good, and frankly, I just want to shout out not just what the mission statement was, but the way in which the conference was constructed. Mm. It was constructed to be accessible to yes. everyone yes. across racial lines, class lines, ability, etc. I, I think everyone felt incredibly welcomed. Yes, yes. There was food there. It was Silicon Valley food. It was soylent. <laughs> but I mean, like, we Not were nourished. <laughs> Everyone was nourished. Everyone was nourished. Um, and just being in a safe space and demonstrating that you can have pronouns on your name cards and that you can be explicit about preserving the rights of people of color and whatever marginalized group to be themselves and not be discriminated against, to mm. have those policies upfront and clear, it didn't take away any fun. Like we all had a ton of fun. We all did. <laughs> There's really no downside to doing the right thing by people. And GDOC was a perfect example of that. And kudos to all of the organizers. Yeah, I absolutely agree. One thing I do want to add as well, I think it was like the first sort of conference expo that I've been to that like really took 
having resources for developers yes. like really seriously um i know like we both kind of like do conferences and stuff like this and they tend to be like super insular and not very like you know it's like here's a card and then that's it no like they had folks from amazon they had folks from xbox they had people there who are ready to like give these resources to the developers that were showcasing and i'm sure the developers that came so i was really glad to see that That was a motherfucking show. It was a show. Thank you very much for all your hard work on this show. Yours as well. You were an excellent interviewer. Oh, thank you. Ugh. I'm a gaming journalist, so... There it is. And thank you to all of the developers and development teams that we talked to. Y'all were great. Thank you to the Expo and the organizing team that put the whole thing together. Y'all are also great. And shout out to my audio friend, Julian Wheeler. Thank you for letting us borrow your Zoom, because otherwise we could not have done this. It really worked well. It, it worked very well. It was great. I highly recommend it. Great for conferences. And yeah, I, that is a show. That's a show. If you enjoyed us, rate and review. Always a big fan of that. Always a big fan. I Tell stand, your friends. I stand telling the friends. Shout out to Max and the elementary schoolers in Michigan where you live. Oh my God. Yeah, we have children <laughs> listening to this show now, so I didn't I don't think I cursed too much. We'll do our best. Uh it's a struggle. And next time we'll be able to talk about Subnautica because he like took me all through that. It was mm-hmm. so fun. Yeah, in two weeks, we'll be back. The home screen will be back. We'll be talking about all of the games that we've been playing since the expo. It's gonna be a ride. It is indeed. Okay, well, deuces. Peace.
that would go like this and said that I was cute. Look how pretty. Yeah, that's what I said, that the man from the work release program, the murderer, in his suit, came on over to the kitchen. He was part of the work release program. So they would let him go to work. I don't, something about it wasn't right. So she was a supervisor, and I think my aunt was probably, maybe she was doing something she wasn't supposed to do. Love you, Aunt Karen. Um, she's retired now, so I don't know. It's not like they can come back and get her if she was doing false things. She wasn't doing false things. She loves Jesus. And Karen. But yeah, that's what she did. She failed me. And you know, and I told her that this week. Because I'm about holding adults accountable for their bullshit. Yes. You know, telling little girls, we don't wear tampons because it makes your nose bleed. What? You say that? Yes. Tampons are for fast girls. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? That's how they fail you. And then, you know, you go and live your whole life thinking the reason why you don't use a tampon is because it's going to make your nose bleed. Oh. Then you in college, your college roommate is using a tampon, and then you like, it don't make your nose bleed? No. And then they looking at you like you crazy. Those are some of the, now that one didn't happen to me. That happened to another friend of mine. I won't say her name, JoLynn. <laughs> that happened to her. Hi, how y'all doing? Do you want to play? You want to see how it's played? Sure. <laughs>